Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Work on a way to develop super COVID-19 vaccine. St. Lucia's Prime Minister tests positive for COVID-19. Martinique police make arrests in fake COVID-19 vaccine certificates. Medicaid financing and the U.S. territories. Updates under the Build Back Better Act. Guyanese passport citizenship in high demand. Dominican Republic suspends indefinitely the issuance of ID cards to Haitian border dwellers. Barbados wins Energy Globe Award and William and Kate to tour Caribbean as part of Queen's Platinum Jubilee. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, February 10th. We start a report today at the Pan American Health Organization. Assistant Director of the Pan American Health Organization, Dr. Jarbas Barbosa de Silva Jr. says work is on the way by researchers to develop a universal or super coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine. It is anticipated that the proposed vaccine will be very effective against all COVID-19 variants and provide permanent protection against the disease. We have several candidates undertaking this research, but they are still in the preclinical lab testing phase. We will eventually have some clinical trials, Dr. Barbosa said. Dr. Barbosa emphasized that while super vaccine development is awaited, let us use those that we have. They have saved and are still saving millions of lives all over the world. They can reduce serious cases and debts, he added. In related news, the Pan American Health Organization says that despite the numbers still being very high, coronavirus COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are beginning to decrease in some member countries. Speaking during the Pan American Health Organization's weekly COVID-19 digital media briefing on Wednesday, February 9th, Director Dr. Caricia Ethian said cases decreased by 31 percent relative to the previous week. Conversely, however, she said debts increased by 13% with higher spikes in sections of Central and South America. The director said while the Caribbean is also seeing a slowing in new cases, except for a few countries, debts continue to climb, rising as much as 88% in one island. Dr. Ethian said similar fluctuating trends for cases and infections, hospitalizations and deaths are also being reported across Central America and in parts of South America. When we look closer, one thread stands out, and that is countries with higher vaccination coverage are seeing lower ICU admissions and deaths. This emphasizes the importance of expanding access to vaccines, including boosters where available, to save lives, she emphasized. As a part of the protocols established by the Office of St. Lucia's Prime Minister, Prime Minister the Honorable Philip J. Pieri underwent a routine PCR test. On Tuesday, February 8, the Prime Minister received a positive PCR test result. As per public health protocol, he is presently isolated and will continue working from home. The Prime Minister is doing well and exhibits no symptoms at this time. The Prime Minister's full recovery is anticipated within the next few weeks. The press statement says that the Prime Minister has led by example and is fully vaccinated and has received his booster shot, as recommended by the Health Ministry. The Prime Minister took the opportunity to encourage citizens in St. Lucia 
Volusia to get fully vaccinated, get boosted, and adhere to the COVID-19 protocols. St. Lucia Times reports that after an investigation lasting several months, Martinique police have announced the arrest of several people, including health professionals, in connection with the sale of fake COVID-19 vaccine certificates. Local news reports indicates that the certificates were sold for 350 euros each. They accused face up to three years in prison and a fine of 45,000 euros on conviction. The accused will appear in court in Fort de France to answer charges that they sold fake COVID-19 certificates to unvaccinated people. The Kaiser Family Foundation website, KKF.org, reports that the passage of the U.S. Build Back Better Act would provide U.S. territories, American Samoa, the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands, Guam, Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands with more certainty in their federal funding and federal medical assistance percentage rates. Unlike in the 50 states and Washington, D.C., annual federal funding for Medicaid in the U.S. territories is subject to a statutory cap and fixed matching rate. Over time, Congress has provided increases in federal funding for the territories broadly based and in response to specific emergency events. Most recently, the Further Consolidation Appropriations Act of 2020 and the Families First Coronavirus Response Act significantly increased the allotments for each of the territories for fiscal year 2020 and fiscal year 2021. The Build Back Better Act provides a permanent increase in the federal allotments and match rates for all territories. Without the Build Back Better Act, for the fiscal year 2022 allotment for Puerto Rico will remain slightly lower relative to fiscal year 2021. In addition, the continuing resolution that would extend the enhanced match rate for the territories except Puerto Rico will expire on March 11, 2022. When this happens, all territories would see lower federal medical assistance percentage rates, resulting in the territories needing to contribute more local funds to draw down federal funds. The Build Back Better Act that passed the House and the draft released by the Senate Finance Committee both include provisions to increase the cap federal allotment and fixed match rates for the U.S. territories. Compared to the fiscal year 2021 allotments, these proposed allotments represent a modest increase of 5% to 8% for American Samoa, U.S. Virgin Islands, and Guam, and more significant increases of 17% and 20% for Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands and Puerto Rico, respectively. Newsroom Guyana reports that Guyana's Vice President, Dr. Bahara Jagdio, expressed caution during a recent press conference as he related to how the Immigration Department and the government of Guyana, by extension, were dealing with a bombardment of requests for Guyanese passports and citizenships. Getting Guyanese citizenships is now suddenly enormously valuable for many people, he said. Some people who would never look back to Guyana in all these years are now looking to find a great-grandparent who had Guyanese blood to get a Guyanese passport because 
there is value in it, the vice president said. But the value Jigdigo speaks of has little to do with how the Guyanese passport is ranked internationally. It deals directly with how the benefits from the oil and gas sector can be accessed by locals now that the government has enacted a local content law. The people of this country must benefit from the industry, Jack Dio assured, noting that the government will do what needs to be done to protect Guyanese individuals and businesses. The local content law specifies clearly who a Guyanese is in order to benefit from the oil and gas proceeds. The law also spells out what a Guyanese company is and mandates the percentage of Guyanese that must serve in management and the wider organizational staffing. That law was passed in December and came in force immediately. Dominican Today reports that the Dominican Republic pilot plan, which would have implemented the delivery of border inhabitant cards by the General Directorate of Migration for the Dominican Republic to small merchants who participate in the binational markets on the border between Haiti and the Dominican Republic, has been suspended due to the socioeconomic situation in that country. During a visit of the General Directorate Migration, Enrique Garcia, to the director Liston Darios, Miguel Fanjul. The official explained that delivery of the cards was supposed to be issued last month and not on Independence Day, as had been publicized. This card will not be put into effect for the moment due to the situation of instability experienced in the neighboring country, in addition to some technical situations that we have yet to study. The delivery was supposed to take place on January 27 and 28, but we decided to suspend it until the conditions in the neighboring country improve, detailed Garcia at the time of expressing the reasons for the suspension. A delegation from the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States, led by the chairman of the OECS Authority and Prime Minister of Grenada, the Right Honorable Dr. Keith Mitchell, met with the President of Argentina, Dr. Alberto Fernandez, in Barbados on Tuesday, February 8. The meeting formed part of an official visit by President Fernandez to Barbados from February 7 to the 8. The meeting was requested by the Argentine president with the aims of strengthening the diplomatic ties between Latin America and the Caribbean, especially given Argentina's recent ascendancy to the presidency of the Community of Latin America and Caribbean States, CELAC. The discussions covered a wide range of areas of mutual interest with specific focus on climate change change, emergency and disaster management and assistance, development financing, technical cooperation and political coordination on regional matters. According to the Prime Minister Mitchell, deeper integration, stronger friendships, active interchanges have been a historical dream and aspiration of the peoples of Latin America and the Caribbean. Our membership in CELAC and the agreements already reached for the active presence of the Caribbean in its leadership structures represents a clear pathway to this aspiration. In his opening remarks to the OECS delegation, President Fernandez reaffirmed his commitment to carrying the voice of the Caribbean states on a global level, highlighting the urgency of action required to address the plethora of issues faced by the region. 
The voice of the Caribbean should have a renewed weight in the concert of nations, especially due to the disproportionate impact of climate change on the islands. He also expressed Argentina's commitment to disaster management in the region, highlighting the contributions of his countries to CELAC Disaster Fund, calling for swift action to operationalize and ensure the effectiveness of the fund. In offering remarks to the gathering, Director General of the OECS, Dr. Didicus Jewell said, given the increased prominence of OECS in CELAC, the time is right now for us to treat CELAC as a focal point for multilateral and trilateral relations between the OECS and CELAC member states. Members of the OECS and Argentina delegations agreed to continue discussions to follow up on recommendations from the meeting. The meeting utilized a hybrid approach with some members of the delegation attending in person and others via a virtual platform. The attendance included Chairman of the OECS Authority and Prime Minister of Grenada, the Right Honorable Dr. Keith Mitchell, President of Argentina, Dr. Alberto Fernandez, Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, the Honorable Ralph Gonzalez, Prime Minister of the Commonwealth of Dominica, the Honorable Roosevelt Skerritt, Prime Minister of St. Lucia, the Honorable Philip J. Pieri, OECS Director General H.E. Dr. Didicus Jules, Minister of Foreign Affairs, St. Lucia, the Honorable Alva Baptiste, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Antigua and Barbuda, the Honorable Everly Paul Chet Green, Minister of Foreign Affairs for Argentina, Santiago Cafirio. Observers included Premier of Anguilla, the Honorable Dr. Ellis Webster, Premier of the British Virgin Islands, the Honorable Andrew Foy, and OECS Commissioner Montserrat H.E. Deborah Lewis. Grenada now reports that Grenada's intangible cultural heritage will be officially integrated into the formal school system thanks to the financial support of UNESCO Intergovernmental Committee for the Safeguarding of Intangible Cultural Heritage. The program officially launched virtually last Friday by Director and Representative of the UNESCO Cluster Office Dr. Sadia Sanchez Vegas is entitled Proud of My Heritage, Transmission and Safeguarding of the Intangible Cultural Heritage in Grenada Through Inventorying and Educational Initiatives. Executive Director of Grenada National Trust, Adriana Rojas, Minister of Education, the Honorable Elmalin Pieri, Minister of Culture, the Honorable Yolanda Bain Hosford, and President of the Guyana National Trust, Daryl Brathwaite, attended the virtual launch. Proud of My Heritage is the name of the educational program for children developed to raise the awareness of intangible culture and heritage in Grenada. The Grenada National Trust will spearhead this initiative in collaboration with the Ministry of Education and other key stakeholders, including the Grace Lutheran School, which has helped conceptualize the project and conduct the program's educational aspects in various pilots through schools throughout the Tri-Island State. The participating school community will be involved in inventorying exercises and a pilot living heritage integration program will be integrated into the school's curriculum. 
Antigua Newsroom reports that the Caribbean Community Climate Change Center has won for the third time the coveted National Energy Globe Award. This time the award was conferred on a project funded by Green Climate Fund that is being implemented in Barbados by the Caribbean Community Climate Change Center in collaboration with the Barbados Water Authority. The project entitled Water Sector Resilience Nexus for Sustainability in Barbados seeks to increase the supply, distribution, quality, availability, access, and utilization of water through the incorporation of renewable energy technologies. Renowned as the most important global energy award for sustainability by Arthur D. Little, the award was established some 20 years ago and honors the best projects addressing environmental issues. Awards are provided annually to agencies and individuals worldwide in both the private and public sectors and the NGO community. There are five award categories, Earth, Fire, Water, Air, Ute, and a special category which varies from year to year. The Caribbean Community Climate Change Center won in the category of the end of 2021 for its tremendous work transforming the water sector in Barbados. To date, the project has installed PV systems at pumping stations on the island, thus providing renewable energy power to support the distribution of potable water to households and the surrounding distribution network, inclusive of farms and hurricane shelters. The Energy Globe Award is presented annually with award ceremonies held nationally and internationally. Over 180 countries submitted environmental projects for consideration. Bahamanews.net via Chinuan News reports that a water spout on Wednesday struck the eastern part of the Cuban capital of Havana, according to local media. Evolving into a tornado after coming on shore, the natural disaster damaged properties and brought down electric wires, said local authorities. No human casualties were reported. The weather turned stormy in the Caribbean nation as a cold front moved along the country's north shore, according to Cuba's Institute of Meteorology. And finally, the St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that on February 6th this year, Queen Elizabeth II became the first British monarch to celebrate a platinum jubilee. This event marks 70 years of service to the United Kingdom, the UK, the realm, and the Commonwealth. Celebrations will continue throughout June. Among these is a Caribbean tour by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Britain's Prince William and his wife Kate will visit Jamaica in a few weeks as a part of a tour to visit Commonwealth nations across the Caribbean. This expedition is symbolic as it is their first official overseas tour since their visit to Ireland in March 2020. They abandoned all other visits due to travel restrictions associated with the global coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. The royal family has a tradition of visiting Jamaica. The last member of the royal family to visit Jamaica was Prince Harry in 2012 as a part of the Diamond Jubilee celebrations of that year. 
This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, February 10th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Now, Meta. Meta.